Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, thanks for joining me for another edition of We Run the North, a BTSC show on the BTSC Network of Podcasts. I'm your guest host, guest contributor to BTSC from the Know It All Podcast, Kevin Tate. Again, thanks for joining me. We've talked about a number of things during our time together. We've talked about uh, the best teams in the AFC North, in, the, in each franchise's organization's history. We've talked about the schedule. We've talked about the draft. We've talked about a number of things over the over the, the weeks and months that I've been on here on Sunday. So no different today. What we're going to talk about today is just to, you know, as the OTAs, as OTAs approach, where the, the Steelers actually start Tuesday. I'm not sure the other teams. But as, as OTAs approach for everybody, We're going to talk about remaining questions before we get into, you know, the hardcore part of the offseason, that being OTAs, mini camps, mandatory camps, and all those things like that, up leading up to training camp. So before we do that, I'd like to thank everybody that's joined us thus far. The few people in the in the live chat, Andrew Lee. A regular, <clears throat> Kathy Ford, uh, Craig Lawson. What's up, man? Uh, my 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 mother's maiden name is Lawson. I wonder if we could potentially be related, man. GT George Teston. What's up, man? How are you this evening? Uh, who else do we have here? Let's see. Look like Mariana Burt. How you doing, Ali Howard? Species 618, what's up? James Bradshaw, hello from Mansfield, Ohio. Hey, man, I'm originally from Ohio. I'm in I'm in the DMV, Southern Maryland now, right outside of Washington, D.C., but 
originally from Youngstown, Ohio, so I'm familiar about Mansfield, Ohio, and just the rich football tradition that small town and even the state of Ohio carries, you know? So, hey, what's up, everybody? So, first of all, to start things off, what we'll do, we'll talk about what teams do we want to talk about first. We always save the Steelers for last. Who do we talk about first? Let's talk about the Cleveland Browns. They have quite a few questions, I believe. Uh, <clears throat> the biggest question, the elephant in the room with the Cleveland Browns is, is Deshaun Watson going to be suspended? And if so, how long? So let's break that one down a little bit. I think Deshaun Watson will be suspended. I'm not sure how long. If if I'm guessing, I'm guessing between six and eight games. Probably would lean with eight. Uh, he still has 22 outstanding civil cases. I've actually read recently that a couple, a couple of the accusers are going to do a television interview. I don't think the Browns camp or Deshaun Watson's camp too much care for that. They want to try and keep, you know, everything as far as the details and particulars hush-hush. But it sounds like a couple of those women are going to come out and, and share their story, which they have every right to do and they, they should do if they feel comfortable enough to come out and, and share these things. That's something that they should be able to do. So like I said, 22 outstanding civil cases. Uh, the Browns have to answer the quarter, answer the question at quarterback. If that happens, who plays quarterback? And that leads us to the second question for the Browns, the second elephant in the room. Man, these jokers have two big elephants in the room for sure. Uh, Baker Mayfield, still on the Browns roster. Still, the Browns still have to pay him his fifth year option that they signed for like almost $19 million, 18.9 something million dollars. So the Browns have to pay him that regardless. So the question becomes, should the Browns play Baker Mayfield while Deshaun Watson is suspended? That's a tough one, man. I mean, Baker Mayfield was your number one overall pick in 2000. 18, um, you know, was supposed to be the franchise quarterback. He did come in. Cleveland was one in th one in 31. Yeah, one in 31 before Baker Mayfield arrived. Since he's arrived, the Browns have turned things around. They never, ever really reached the pinnacle of expectations that was had for them some of the past couple of years anyway. Um, you know, and that's partly due on Baker, partly due to coaching. I mean, when Baker first got there, they fired they fired Hugh Jackson. Uh, then they gave Freddie Kitchens the job. That didn't really work out too well. Kevin Stefanski has been there a couple years now. He's done a, a relatively admirable job coaching the Browns. They did make the playoffs year before last, beat the Steelers in, 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 in Heinz Field on the road. Uh, they finished 11-5 and five that year, finished second second in the North. Browns have never won in North. 
So they finished second in the North. They won the divisional playoff game against the Steelers. They went on to uh, they went on to Kansas City. In that game, Patrick Mahomes got hurt. Baker Mayfield, per usual, couldn't come through in the clutch. Cleveland Browns go go home in that 2021 playoffs. And then they go back to being the Browns. Baker got hurt early last year. Uh, I believe he was it a torn labrum in his shoulder, some type of shoulder injury. He played injured all year, really didn't do himself justice, uh, especially especially it was a contract year. He's kind of lucky the Browns picked up picked up his fifth year option, but uh, he pro- maybe should have rested. I think the reason Baker didn't rest last year and get fully healthy because he he knows how capable Case Keenum was and Case Keenum could come in and win games and then what would that look like on Baker? So I think he rushed himself back, never fully healthy. I think he's probably better than the quarterback we've seen. You know, something about being on the Browns, at least for the last 25 years, it's just not good. I mean, it's like a it's like a, a jinx. It's like a jinx on your back from the go. Like, you know, if Patrick Mahomes had been drafted by the Browns and was the Browns quarterback, we might be looking at some of the same challenges and dysfunctions just because it's been the Cleveland Browns MO for the past, you know, 25 years. I don't know. Like I said, I'm originally from Ohio, from Youngstown. Uh, a lot of my family are Cleveland Browns fans. They live right up there in that pocket. Youngstown, Ohio is right between Cleveland and Pittsburgh, like literally right in the middle. Um, I believe it's like 60 miles each way to Cleveland and Pittsburgh from Youngstown. And uh, I have a lot of family that are Browns fans, so I don't necessarily root for them, but I don't want to see them just be historically bad. I don't want to see them finish 0-16 and 1-15 in consecutive years, you know, I, you know, I have I have relatives, cousins, and stuff my age. My age, I'm I'm almost fifty years old. They have never seen the Browns really be a winner. They they had the Bernie Kosar years, the year John Elway was stepping on them with the drive and the fumble by Ernest Biner. They had those years, but they've never really won anything. I mean, you know, this it's been what since. Bernie Kosar, say, 87, 88. So it's been about 35 years since then. And they've had a few good seasons here and there. Again, never won in North. They did win the Central before it became the North in 2002. But so since 2002, they've never won a division. Uh, They hadn't won a playoff game in like 26, 27 years before last year. So, you know, it's it's just tough being a Browns fan. So... I don't know what they do about Baker Mayfield. I mean, it, I, if I was Baker, it'd be tough for me to come back and even play. He is under contract, though. He has to honor his contract in order to get paid. But it would be tough for the Browns to even bring Baker in and say, Baker, you're going to be our starter. And, you know, but then when Deshaun comes back in week eight or week nine, you're not going to be and we're going to look to trade you. Baker could play and play up his value. If he comes in and plays well and the Browns do good, even though they're going to Deshaun Watson, 
Baker could boost his value up at the halfway point of the season before the trading deadline. If the Browns are able to trade him, then whatever team trades for him is only on the hook for for half that salary or whatever, or whatever the prorated amount is for number of games left. So that's a possibility. If I'm Baker, I don't want to do it. If I'm the Browns, it's messy, but it might be your best option. I mean, I think Jacob, Jacoby Brissett is a good backup quarterback, but I certainly think Baker Mayfield is the better of the two between him and Jacoby Brissett. Then there's Josh Dobbs is still there, but we know from our experience at Pittsburgh, Josh is a rocket scientist. He's good in the room. He was good for, for Ben's ear and to go over, go over film with Ben and stuff like that. But I don't know what if he actually brings anything in regards to on-the-field play. Uh, so it, it has to be between Jacoby Brissett and Baker Mayfield. That's the question that has to be answered before the start of the season. So first things first, we have to see what Deshaun Watson's suspension is going to be if there is one. We have to see if Cleveland is able or unable to trade Baker Mayfield. And then we go for there. I go from there. I don't see Baker showing up to camp and wanting to compete for a starting job with Jacoby Brissett with a job that's ultimately not going to be his. I just, if I'm Baker, he might lose some money, but I just sit out until they can trade me or until they cut me and I can go somewhere and try and go somewhere that I think is suitable for for my particular talent, my particular skill set and bag. So we'll see what happens there in Cleveland. But those questions have to be answered. They did re-sign Jadavion Clowney a little bit ago, uh, a couple hours ago. So he's back opposite Miles Garrett. The Browns needed another edge rusher opposite Miles Garrett. So they have that. Mm, you know, Clowney is not an imposing, scary dude. He's a freak of an athlete. And that hit that he put on Michigan's Deshaun Robinson coming out of college catapulted him into just like some ridiculous type status and expectations. He's never lived up to those. The number one overall pick. He's a solid player. He's not a bust, but the number one overall, overall pick, he's supposed to be much more of an impact player and, and difference maker than what he has been during his career. But Cleveland got him back, so they have somebody – to fill that void opposite Miles Garrett, and we'll see how that goes. So let's see. Let's look at the live chat real quick. We're looking at the live chat between talking about teams. We're going to look here and see if anybody has any comments about what's going on with the Browns. <laughs> Bad itch. Is this locked on Browns? No, bro. This is AFC. We run the North. AFC North talk. We talk about the AFC North. Every week, and the Browns are in the AFC North, so you know we're talking about them first. But if you hang around long enough, bad itch, we'll get to the Steelers. I promise it's gonna happen. Uh, bad itch again. That's it. I'll have 15 minutes of Browns talk. Peace out, Steeler fans. Done with this podcast. What a joke on BTSC today. Sorry you feel that way, bad itch. Um, so okay, I don't really see any too many questions about what the questions are looming for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, so let's move on. 
let's go to the Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens, the question they have to answer is, what are they going to do about the Lamar Jackson contract situation? They've been kind of negotiating off and on. Uh, Lamar Jackson represents himself. His He represents himself and his mother is his de facto agent. Um, so I don't know where this goes. I mean, they obviously pick up the fifth-year option. They'd like to get a long-term deal done. I don't know if it's being held up because of Lamar or because of Baltimore. Um, I could see Lamar is going into his fifth year. He's won an MVP. I think they went to the playoffs three out of four years. He's been the starter except for last year. And it was they didn't make it last year only because he got hurt. But, I mean, think about it. The Ravens were eight and three going into about the midway point of the season. Then they lost their last six because Jackson was hurt. So, you know, we're talking quarterback money nowadays in 2022. Hey, thanks, Claude, man. Your show is always great. Really appreciate it, man. Thanks for tuning in. We love having you here, man. Thanks a lot. Uh, Jersey Boy 70, I think Lamar Jackson is not good in the pocket. I would agree with you, Jersey boy. Um, Lamar Jackson is a threat when he gets out the pocket. He can make some throws. He's not going to just drop back and throw darts all over the field and beat you that way. But if if he breaks contain or a, a play breaks down, he gets out of the pocket with his near four five forty speed. Might be like four four seven or four 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 eight something like that. But he gets he gets outside the pocket with that speed, then it's a problem. I'm not worried about him being beaten from the pocket. Um, the Steelers seem to have always had a good formula against Lamar Jackson, and I like that. But before we get in that kind of stuff, let's talk about Lamar Jackson's contract. Like I said, been to the playoffs three out of four years, he's been a starter. Only reason they don't go last year under his watch is because of the injury. Um He's won an MVP. I think the Ravens have won a division two out of the four years that he was a starter. Uh, maybe even three of the four years. The Steelers won not last year. Well, no, so the Bengals won last year. So, yeah, two out of four. Two out of four years, the Baltimore has won the division. Um, and Lamar Jackson, like, like we said, was won an MVP. And he has to want – you know, Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, he has to want that type of money. He has to want upwards of 40, 40 to $45 million a year. Now, what's that look like? Does Baltimore commit to a quarterback that is definitely one of the top in the league right now, but that's because he can use his legs as a threat in three or four years, three or four years worth of hits? worth of sacks, worth of tackles on rushes, worth of, you know, three or four years worth of losing a step for speed goes. And a guy that can't, not a pure pocket passer, is it worth that contract? I don't know. And that's the dilemma, and that's the question Baltimore has to answer. That's a tough question. Um, I'd say Lamar Jackson is probably worth it right now going into 
his fifth season, the 2022 season, but is he worth it in 2025? I don't know. That's a tough question. That seems like him and uh, John Harbaugh are kind of wed together, Wang Harps, as the broadcast likes to call him. Seems like they're kind of wed together. Um, what do you guys think? I don't know what I think. What What do you guys think in the live chat? Let's see. Claude, what, what are you saying? I see something about. Absolutely. I think that's a good take, Claude. Um, he will have to run. It's set up for him to run. They don't have any receivers. The only one I can really name is Rashad Bateman. Uh, they're getting J.K. Dobbins back, so they have a weapon at tight end. I mean, at running back. We know they have Mark Andrews at tight end, and they drafted the kid out of Iowa State. So I think they'll go a lot of twelve personnel. He's a really he was a really good receiving tight end, kind of built like Mark Andrews, 6'4", 250, 255, something like that. You know, the good in line size tight end. Um, but yeah, he has to run. He could get hurt like he got hurt because typically when guys get hurt, right, quarterbacks and stuff like that, when you're young, you just deal with it and fight through stuff. As you get older, those injuries linger a little longer. And, you know, it's a little tougher to get over some of that stuff. So he could come back healthy for the beginning of the season and then say four or five games into the season, he gets hit a few times and he's hurt again. I mean, what do you do? I mean, I like Tyler Huntley. Not not as good as Lamar Jackson, but a much cheaper option. I mean, I think if we were if we were talking about, you know, value and uh paying Lamar Jackson 45 million a year versus paying Tyler Huntley three or four million a year, you'd probably get better value from Tyler Huntley. But Lamar Jackson is dynamic right now, so they really have to figure out what they're gonna do. Let's see if we have any other comments about the Ravens and what their questions might be. Let's see. What's this latest comment? The white, the white tail tracker? Running backs better figure out how to pick up the blitz here. Who are we talking about, man? Pick up the blitz. Are we talking about? The Ravens running back need to pick up the blitz. Are we are we just talking exclusively about the Steelers? Let me know. Well, we're going to get to the Steelers shortly. But yeah, so that's the question that Baltimore has to answer. I'm not sure what they do. Excuse me. That's kind of a pickle. But that's their pickle. So okay, so yeah, you're right. The white tail tracker was talking about the Ravens running backs. They do need to pick up the blitz and offer Lamar Jackson some protection. I do think with the fact that they are thin at receiver, not dynamic receiver, they'll be running a lot of 12 personnel and probably lots of heavy, heavy packages with full backs and H backs. And, you know, they're going to be doing all, all sorts of that kind of stuff. So although they have, Speed at the quarterback position. They don't have speed on the outside. Bateman is good, not great. So they don't scare me as a defense. I think we can kind of play with seven or eight in the box and kind of, you know, force the pass. 
in that matchup. I see some people uh, picking the Ravens. Nick Wright, if you if any of you watch uh, First Things First on Fox Sports in the morning, picked his predictions for division winners and AFC North playoff teams. I believe he had the Steelers finishing seven and ten. He had Baltimore finishing thirteen and four, winning the AFC North. They play a last place schedule, and we went over this last week. So I think they play. Jacksonville, and they play the Jets and the last place team in the AFC East slash the NFC East, I mean, was the Washington, the New York Giants. They play the Giants. So they have some e few easier games, but pretty much we all play the same schedule. I, uh, yeah. I don't know what Baltimore does with that, man. That's a tough question. To commit four years, $170 million, or, or five years, $220 million, that's a big commitment to a quarterback who might not always be there and who can, who can get hurt. And, yeah, you're right, white tail tracker, running multiple tight ends says they definitely will be doing that. Okay, so that's pretty much the question for the Baltimore Ravens. The big looming question that needs to be answered. That's the one. Do you pay Lamar Jackson? So moving along, we'll move on to the defending AFC North Division champ, the defending AFC Conference champion, the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh the Bengals' question is, they've done a lot of things, but I mean, and I'm this is not what I'm going to get into now, but they're going, they're going to have to decide who they're going to pay. I mean, they have Joe Burrow, we know is going to get paid. The contract we were just talking about for Lamar Jackson, we know Joe Burrow's getting that and then some. So Joe Burrow would be a $45, $50 million QB. Just a matter of when. Probably, probably do it sooner rather than later because the market is only go up it's only going to go up so if i could get joe burrow extended now at the current market rate in two years when his contract time his new contract kicks in you're getting them at a slight value because if you sign them now for the market value now again in two years you're getting you're getting the most bang for your buck because the price of elite quarterbacks will have gone up in another two years. So I would go ahead and try and extend him now if I'm the Bengals. Uh, the homie, B-Dirt. What's up, B-Dirt? Hey, man, good. You, He was down here. My boy B-Dirt made it down here. He was on a business trip to Richmond. And on his way back up to Pittsburgh, he stopped through and hung out and stayed overnight. We hung out. Hadn't seen him in a couple of years in person, so it was good to see him. Definitely the all-time, one of, one of the, the, the largest, biggest Bingo fans I know. But he says Jesse Bates won't play. That is a question. It's not a question because they've already signed or, you know, put the franchise tag on Jesse Bates. Jesse Bates doesn't want to play for the franchise tag. So does that mean he doesn't play? So the question there is, what do the Bengals do? 
there's not too much they can do. I mean, if he decides not to play and to sit out, he's going to not play and he's going to sit out. The Bengals did draft the safety. They drafted the kid out of Michigan. I forget these, these young people's names already, man. What's the dude's name from Michigan? We looked at him as the Steeler for as some Steeler fans. We were looking at him potentially. Uh, help me out live chat. What's the guy's name from Michigan? The Bengals drafted. Anybody, anybody, but anyway, they have him. They have Von Bell. So I think they are okay. As safety. Obviously. Let's see. Mod. What's up, Mod? Mod is one of my uh co-hosts on the Know It Lost podcast. He I guess he's talking about Jesse Bates being a huge loss for the Bengals. I would agree, but I think they can survive it. And if he doesn't play, he doesn't want to get that 15, 16 million a year. Then the Bengals put it back on the books because they're going to have to make some decisions, like I said. Joe Burrow is getting paid. T. Higgins is going to be coming up. He's high-end number two wide receiver money. And we see those guys, people like guys like Christian Kirk got $18 million. So what's a T. Higgins worth? And we know, we know when it's time for Jamar Chase to get paid. Granted, he's on a rookie contract now. When it's time for him to get paid, though, He's going right straight to the top of top of the ladder. If he continues like he is, he's going to be the, the highest paid receiver in the league. We're talking, you know, 30 million like Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams are getting. So the Bengals need to prioritize having things to do. In my opinion, if Jesse Bates wants to sit out and don't play, not all that bad. They save that money. They get, thanks, B-Dirt. They get uh, Dax Hill in. That's the guy from Michigan. That um, I gotta say this that if you if you watched any of the the uh George Pickens highlights and stuff, George Pickens straight just bullied Dax Hill in the uh, college football playoffs, just pushed him down and told him to be quiet. <laughs> but yeah, so if I'm the Bengals, man, I'm I'm not all mad if if, if Jesse Bates don't play. We did what we could do. We offered him a franchise tag. We probably, realistically, only won to play this year anyway. Then we probably draft another safety to go with uh, Dax Hill, Daxton Hill. And we probably either go with Von Bell with Daxton Hill or draft another safety. So if I'm the Bengals, I'm not really upset at that. But that is a question that has to be answered, among other things. Again, who gets paid? I mean, when you're an up-and-coming team, you got to pay these guys. The Bengals won the Super Bowl. Think about the Rams last year. The Rams are paying Aaron Donald. They're paying Jalen Ramsey. They're paying Matt Stafford. You know, pretty soon they're going to have to pay Cooper Cup a big contract based off what he's doing. They just signed uh, the receiver from Chicago. Played at Penn State. Why, why do I forget these guys' names? But yeah, that guy. They just signed him. I don't know if they'll bring Od Odell back. He got hurt, but if he didn't get hurt, he was going to be up for probably a big contract from the Rams. Um, you know, so when you're one of the elite teams, you gotta 
you got to make moves. And in the NFL, it's a hard, hard salary cap. It's not like the NBA where if you go over, you can pay a luxury tax. It's not like that. All teams are working with the same amount of capital and the same amount of pool resources to pool to pull from. Let's see. Be right back to that one. Hey, thanks, Reginald River. Allen Robinson, you're right, man. Thanks a lot. Soon as somebody tells me, it just goes right back in my head, man. But I don't know how I forget this stuff. Uh, Ali Howard, Species 5618. What's up, man? Uh, the Browns and Bengals will price themselves out of the out of contentment soon. Out of contentment? Okay, I think I know what you mean. But yeah, um, especially the Browns with that guaranteed $230 million contract to Deshaun Watson, and they're paying Miles Garrett. They just paid uh, Ward, the cornerback, so, yeah, they have some things. They're playing Amari Cooper. They have some things coming up. I mean, I think this is the year they need to try and get it because next year there will be a lot of questions. B. Dirk says, Cam Taylor Britt is going to be the steal of our, of our, for our draft. He's the cornerback out of Nebraska, big, physical. I like Cam Taylor Britt. Uh, Jesse Bates isn't worth paying top five. Safety money, I'm cool with it. See? I kind of feel the same way, man. And you're and you're you're a Bengals fan, so I know you know, and I'm feeling the same way. So we'll see. Another one from the Bengals fan, B Dirt. Aaron Donald didn't get his money, and it's a real possibility that he will tire. Uh, they'll work it out. Aaron Aaron Donald's not retiring. Re retirement is his leverage. I agree with you there, but he he's already making big money. He wants to make bigger money since. He just seems to keep getting better and better. But, you know, you kind of got to have to take your piece of the pie. You don't always have to have the biggest piece of the pie. Take your piece of the pie, man. I mean, being a Steeler fan, I don't see Cam, Cam Hayward complaining about wanting more money. He's playing out his contract. He's probably overplayed his contract. He's been all pro two out the last three years, been in like three or four consecutive Pro Bowls. He's the heart and soul of the Steeler defense, you know, and a team captain. But he's he just, you know, comes to work, puts on his hard hat, grabs his lunch pail, continues to play for the for the contract that he signed. Um, Claude says the Bengals will choke because of the pressure. Just watch. Claude, I don't know if they'll choke. I don't know if they can have the same expectations and not, not going to the Super Bowl expectations because that's really, really lofty for any team. But have the expectations of winning division. The division is so tough. Uh, they kind of surprised some of us last year. They're a good team. I'm not saying the Bengals aren't a good team. I think they're a really good team. I think Joe Burrow might be a top five quarterback. But they kind of surprised some people last year. And teams won't be taking them lightly this year like, oh, we play the Bengals, you know. They're going to be like, we play the Bengals. The Bengals have a have a, a bullseye on their back now because they're the defending AFC Conference champions. They're the Super Bowl, uh, one, of the Super Bowl one of the Super Bowl teams. So, yeah, they'll, they'll have a, a, a bullseye on their back and teams, it won't 
be easy this year. So I don't disagree with you, Claude. Let's see. Mod, again. <laughs> uh, I'm the second place know-it-all. Come on, man. You know I'm the know-it-all that knows the most, bruh. Cut it out. Uh, let's see. Josh Parker. Bengals are the team to beat. They hold the crown right now. I agree, Josh. Absolutely right. They are the team to beat. That's why I said I think it's going to be tougher than it was last year because last year they weren't the team to beat. They were the Bengals, and we know the Bungles, not to disrespect them, but previous years we know how the Bengals were. And last year <coughs> they were really good. And in 2022, they will surprise no one. So they are the team to beat. They do hold the crown. But because they're the team to beat, that's why it's going to be tougher on them. Mark my words. Uh, B. Dirt. I guess he's talking about Deshaun Watson. Dodgers pitcher Trevor Bauer getting two-year suspension without getting convicted is not good for Deshaun Watson. I think he's going to get more than four games suspension, I really predicted. Yeah, I don't know if you were here, B. Dirt. We talked about that, the Browns first, and I predict six to eight games. And, yeah, I saw that Dodgers pitcher Trevor Bauer got suspended two years and with no, with no criminal conviction. Man, these leagues aren't playing, man. I mean, we live in a, in a different climate and culture now. I mean, like these teams and these leagues, have, they can't just give these guys that are accused of different things just slaps on the wrist. You have to show these things some serious attention, some serious respect, and that could be, you know, heavy punishment. So we will see. Let's see. James Bradshaw says they won't choke, but I see nobody beating Buffalo. Buffalo looks good. And the Bengals don't have, have to choke. I mean, they just – they're going to be playing some tough games. Every game in the North is going to be tough. They play a first-place schedule. They play the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, if I'm picking that game week two, I'm going to roll with the Bengals beating the Cowboys because I just my, – my my co-host, Mod, who's in the live chat, is a huge Cowboys fan. He's always talking about the Cowboys. So I just want to see the Cowboys lose because he has, he has ridiculous expectations for the Cowboys. I told him the Eagles are going to win that division. Uh – you're right, Claude. The ball did bounce their way a lot during the playoffs. A lot during the playoffs. I mean, the game against the Raiders, the Raiders drove down what the, the last the last drive of the game was inside the 10 and could have either got the tie-in score or the go-ahead score, but the the Bengals were able to hold them out. Then we talk about the game against the Titans. They give up nine sacks and still win. Uh, Ryan Tannehill throws three interceptions, kind of gave it away. All the breaks right there. We talked about the game against the Chiefs. The Chiefs had an amazing first half and kind of just like, I don't know what that second half was all about, but yeah. So the Bengals did catch a lot of breaks, and they could have actually parlayed that into a Super Bowl win. I mean, they were right there. I thought Joe Burrow was going to take them down and lead them to a game-winning drive, but uh, Von Miller and Aaron Donald was having none of that that last drive of the Super Bowl. 
Uh, Ma, you was you was wrong about that on our podcast. You didn't think Deshaun Watson was gonna get suspended at all. He's going to get suspended. It's going to be more than two games. Like I said, six to eight minimum in my book. On my take, I'll take that over my as much as you want to bet. Yeah, you guys go ahead and get a good bet in on that Cowboy Bengals game. I mean, I shouldn't be rooting for the Cowboys just for the Bengals to lose, but my hatred for the Cowboys is deeper than my than my dislike for the Bengals. So, yeah, and I don't even hate the Cowboys. I just hate Cowboy fans. It just, oh my gosh. But anyway, so yeah, the Bengals' big question is. What to do with Jesse Bates and who we going to pay. So that's coming up. Okay. So now we'll get into what I think the big question questions are for the Pittsburgh Steelers going into OTAs and OTAs next week and training camp coming up in another month and a half. Um, I think the biggest question is, Who's going to be our starting quarterback? One, Kenny Pickett or Mr. Trubisky? I personally don't think Mason Rudolph is in true contention. Uh, they say it's, you know, in open competition. He has a shot. But if we're being realistic, you know, we're, we're going to split the reps between the top two. I mean, because, we, you know, we have to, we have to get a feel – you can't you can't split reps in thirds and not be not get give everybody a viable chance. Thirds don't get that. You have to cut the reps in half. Give Kenny Pickett half the reps. Give Mitch Trubisky, Mitch Trubisky half the reps. That's how I see that. Uh, yeah, I think Chris Odulikin will be uh, the third. Will end up being a third quarterback. I think they're. Grooming, grooming him to be Kenny Pickett's backup whenever Mr. Trubisky's contract is up. He signed a two-year contract. So I think Odulakun will be the third quarterback. He'll either be on a practice squad if they can stash him away there, or he'll dress and be, you know, have a helmet and just be the third emergency quarterback. But uh, right now, one and two, either way it goes, I believe, is between – Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky. You guys let me know in the live chat who you like. Uh, let's see a couple of these live chats. People still talking about Watson should get suspended. They suspended Ridley just for gambling. Yeah, they suspended really for the whole season for, for gambling on the game. I mean, Deshaun Watts will get suspended. You're right, Shaquille Greg. He will get suspended. Uh... Ma says, see y'all in the know-it-alls. Yeah, I'm going there right after this, about 6.15, 6.30 Eastern time. So if you can check in on YouTube and the know-it-alls, check it out. We talk about the, the gamble of the sports. We'll talk some Steeler talk, definitely, because me and Big G, the other co-hosts, we love the Steelers. And we'll talk about the NBA playoffs and some other things. But uh, let's see. Claude, who has the most pressure on the Steelers this season? Matt Canada. And Mike Tomlin, no number seven to blame. Uh, I don't think pressure's on, on Tomlin, Claude. I think Tomlin's proven himself over the years. I don't know if it's pressure on him to 
it's he has his own pressure on himself to have a winning season. I don't know if they're expecting to make a deep playoff run if they do have a winning season, but I would say next year pressure would be on Tomlin far as winning a playoff game or two because it's been so long since we won one. I don't know if we put a, a, a new quarterback either way, Mitch or Kenny, and put those expectations on them and say that that's pressure because that would be pressure on them and pressure – and I think I don't think that's pressure on Tom. And I don't think we can put pressure on those guys. I do anticipate them having the winning season. I don't know if I foresee them parlaying that into playoff success. But a wild card game on the road if they don't win a division, obviously, and they could be in it and win a game in the playoff. But I don't see see. I'm not expecting too much. I would love it if it happens. I'm rooting for it, and I think they're capable. But I'm not expecting it. I think uh, pressure's on Matt Canada, though. I do agree there. Uh, Matt Canada, offensive coordinator. I don't blame Matt Canada too much for last year. I'm not myself personally. I think a lot of that, the offense the past couple years, is directly attributed to the offensive line not being really good and being getting old. Um, Being obviously couldn't move in the pocket. That's huge nowadays in today's game. Um, and, you know, not taking away from anything he did prior to the previous two or three years before his pre-elbow pre -elbow injury been, but he couldn't throw the ball deep downfield. Uh, he refused to throw it over, over the middle. He got rid of it quick because he didn't want to get hit. And the O-line, it was crappy. Um, but, yeah, so the past two years, we just became predictable. That little – Short wide receiver passing game and stuff like that, and the battle line it wasn't working. I think Canada now has his pieces. Ben didn't want to get under the center. Ben didn't want to do a lot of play action. Ben was incapable of doing bootleg rollout, RPOs, and all those things that Canada is going to bring. So I do think there's a certain amount of pressure on Canada now that the team has invested so much in the offense. Uh what we signed James Daniel, we signed Mason Cole on the O-line, we re-signed Chooks. And a lot of people think we didn't make a lot of moves on the O-line, but I think you have to consider the O-line development, the O-line getting better, a new voice in the room for us. Uh, Officer line coach Pat Meyer coming in. He's worked with Matt Canada before. We upgraded the talent with James Daniel. I believe Kevin Dotson will come back this year on a mission and healthy. Uh, Chooks, I mean, a lot of people, Steeler fans, complain about the signing of Chooks. I like the signing of Chooks. Uh, he's, it's not all guaranteed money. There's incentives in there. So the contract is not as high as what it sounds. But Chooks is, what, going to be a fifth-year starter and only 25 years old? I mean, he's, he's going to get better. Officer tackle is usually – hit their prime around 29-30. So he started for four years and still far away from his prime. So I, I like Chooks. Uh, Dan Moore, there was some talk about us signing Eric Fisher. It kind of That was early in the week, kind of cooled off. I don't know where that's at. But I even like Dan Moore. You know how we, as Steeler, as Steeler fans, we see the leap and what Coach Tomlin expects, the leap in uh, – rookies in their second year, the big jump that they should make. 
So I'm expecting some type of jump from Dan Moore, but I like Dan Moore. And again, I told you about Kevin Dotson and the center position. I don't know who, who, who that that's a camp battle. I don't know who gets that. Um, yeah, uh, it could be Mason Cole. It could be Kendrick Green. I'm anxious to see what Kendrick Green looks like looks like coming into this year's camp. This year's camp because he's coming into year two also. So I'm looking forward to seeing what Kendrick Green is going to bring and what Mason Cole brings. That should be a good competition. Again, so the biggest question. Let me see what Shaquille Gregory is saying. I agree, Shaquille. We did bring in what was the guy's name? I forget his name already. We did bring in a tackle this week. Um, I don't know that he's expected to start. He's depth. He's got experience, pro professional experience. But we'll see. But so we did bring in a tackle. Jersey boy seventy, Kenny Pickett. He has to look very bad to lose the job. I kind of think Kenny Pickett should be the favorite going into camp. I mean, because I think the Steelers signed Mitchell Trubisky because we needed a quarterback. We didn't want to go with just Mason Rudolph. We needed a quarterback. And I think when they signed Mitchell Trubisky, the plan was we're going to draft the quarterback, but it's going to be Malik Willis or Desmond Ritter because they didn't think Kenny Pickett would be there. Understandably so. The, Number one overall rated quarterback on most boards, the most pro-ready quarterback. Malik Willis was rated pretty high pre-draft, but Kenny Pickett was the uh, most quarter, most, most ready to play right away. So the fact that Kenny Pickett was there at pick 20 kind of changed everything. You got that quarterback that's ready to play. You got Mitchell Trubisky that didn't play at all last year, so they both played the same amount of games in the NFL last year. So I look for you know, I'm kind of I'm kind of torn on that. I kind of understand why Mitch could win and be the guy and what he potentially could bring in this system and under a new regime and coaches and stuff like that. But you spend first round draft capital on Kenny Pickett and he's ready to play right away. If he does good in camp, if it's equal, you play Pickett, right? That's what I think. But I don't know, man. That's a tough one. That's definitely a tough one. Uh, Ali Howard says, I agree. That's kind of what I said. Tom is one of the best coaches in the NFL. He's top five coach. We have Steeler fans. Some of us, we always complain about Tomlin and stuff like that. But his teams are always generally ready to play. We He loses some games that Steelers, not him by himself, the Steelers lose some games that they probably should win. The team plays down sometimes to the to their opponent, but overall, I mean, 15 seasons, no losing, no losing record, has a Super Bowl on his, on his resume. He's a great motivator. Players love playing for him. We get players that come to us because of Mike Tomlin, IEC Miles Jack, you know, and it's something, something different every year. Brian Flores, him with the Steelers, he's going to make a huge difference on that defense, just his, just his voice in the room and his, his ideas and stuff like that. So we'll see. But we're going to be getting out of here in a few minutes. So, But the other question, I think, 
big question the Steelers have to answer. We talked about the quarterback. That was the biggest. We talked about the line a little bit and the competitions there. But even bigger than that, not biggest quarterback, but bigger than the O-line, I think we have some players in the O-line. We just need um, development, continuity, those guys learning to play together and things like that. And I think the O-line would be okay. But uh, the other big question, Stephon it. What is Stephon Tewitt going to do? I don't know. I mean, do we think he'll be in camp starting Tuesday? I don't know, man. Um, I'd love to see him back. Uh, we can certainly use him. Um, you know, you have to have some sympathy and understanding for the traumatic situation he went through since last June. The loss of a brother. I have only one brother. My brother and I are very close. I couldn't imagine. Um, yeah, but that as far as football, football goes, decisions have to be made, and the Steelers have to know. Well, man, another big decision. How am I for leaving out the general manager? That might come in second after quarterback, then step onto it. Um, far as the general manager goes, I like Brandon Hunt. I like to continuity of somebody that worked many years under Kevin Colbert. Colbert will still be involved with the organization in some form or fashion. So, yeah, I like Brandon Hunt and Omar Khan in a deal road. I mean, they've been working right up under Kevin Colbert for the past 10 years anyway, and I like the way those guys work and the things they each bring. So if it's some type of dual role, that the Steelers can figure out and bring both those guys back. I'm all in favor of that. Uh, but yeah, now let's see. Shaquille Gregory, do you think we need more edge depth? Shaquille, I do. Um, I kind of like the undrafted free agent out of Texas A&M. He's undrafted free agent for a reason, but I think there's Potential to get reps. I mean, whoever the fourth guy is going to be, um, they won't have to do a whole lot. You know, be good on special teams, come in maybe for five plays a game because you're giving TJ Highsmith and the other guy that we got that played for the Eagles and the Browns. See, these names just – when the season starts, I'll, I'll know numbers and names of everybody. But, yeah, that guy. I think they'll be okay. I mean, they, they could add an edge rush. I don't know if it's a, the biggest need, but if they could bring somebody in, if they could bring in a uh, – if they could bring in the guy – what's the guy that played for the Redskins all those years? Went to, went to Purdue. See, I forget these names. I'm sorry, guys. But, yeah. Uh, Kerrigan, if they could bring in Kerrigan, he wants to hey, – Avery Shaquille, thanks, man. That's what I'm talking about, Gerard Avery. Yeah, so I think with him being the third, and then they'll find a fourth. Tushko be back potentially. He's okay. He's good at fourth two. He, he could potentially be, be beat out by somebody that, ha that has a higher athletic profile, maybe the guy from Texas A&M. But yeah, I like Avery as the as the relief pitcher. 
the third edge rusher. We could use a fourth, but we'll see. Um, uh, okay, Hunt, is that who we're talking about for Texas A&M? Oh, no, Hunt, Brandon Hunt. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Uh, I I do, too. I prefer talent scouts. I mean, we Because at the end of the day, we're talking about building a football team. So we need to be able to be a talent evaluator and be able to put pieces together. Though, you know, we do need the, the admin guys. And I was a big fan of Riddick, too, but I read where he signed with ESPN uh, extension and he's going to be he's going to be there. So, man, we got about two or three minutes, guys. Uh, Justin Houston, Shaquille Gregory. Hey, man, I, I like Justin Houston. I don't know if we get Justin Houston, though. He's been a multiple-time pro bowler, led the league in sacks. You know, he's, he's 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 like a proven commodity, a proven player. He's getting a little older, but I don't know that we'd be any different than we were last year with Melvin Ingram. He might come in and think, oh man, I'm gonna beat this Highsmith dude out. They gotta start me. We don't we don't want that. We want somebody to come in and understands their role playing behind Alex Highsmith. They know they're gonna play behind TJ Watt. But uh, yeah, gotta play behind Alex Smith too. Dennis Quinn, what's up, man? Ryan Kerrigan or or a close to league minimum on close to league minimum. Hey, I would love that, but Ryan Kerrigan would have to accept that. I don't know how how that pans out, but he's available. I would love to take him. Let me see Gilbert Claude's comment. Mitch will start for the Steelers for the next two years. He's been a pro bowler in the NFL, picking out one good college year. Claude, I don't know, man. I mean, I don't disagree. I don't know if you draft Kenny Pickett in the first round, will be 24 when the season starts, who played basically five college seasons, not NFL experience, but played five college seasons. I don't know that you say that that guy sits for two years. He can sit this year, maybe part of this year, but I don't. He, I don't think he definitely doesn't sit for two years. But yeah, so Steeler fans, man. So the biggest question for the Steelers, starting quarterback, twenty twenty two season opener at Cincinnati Bengals. Question one. Question two should be answered within the next month before training camp starts. Uh, who's the next GM? General manager for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Question number three, what do we do with Stefan Tewitt and what does Stefan Tewitt do with us? We'll have to cross that bridge here shortly. It'll, it, it'll be coming though. Uh, Still would like to see the Steelers spend a little money on a D'Angelo Williams type to help with Harris development. I don't know that Harris needs help with his development. I think he needs somebody to give him a blow. Um, I really like the undrafted free, free agent, uh, Mateo Durant. Uh, I like him. I like, man, we, we've never had a chance to see Anthony McFarlane healthy. 
<coughs> so hopefully he'll come in the camp and he'll do something. But I wouldn't mind the Steelers drafting a veteran back. I don't know who that guy is yet. Uh, David Johnson, who was an all-pro for the Arizona Cardinals in the last year, played last two years played for uh, the Houston Texans. He's 30 years old, but he's a proven back. He's experienced. I think in, in our system, he could be good. He probably wouldn't cost a lot. I wouldn't mind seeing, seeing that either. So, you know, but yeah, so we're going to get ready to get out of here. I'm, I'm trying to get as many comments as I can. Uh, last one. Jabari Wilson, my bold take, I won't be surprised if Mitch plays majority of the year because of two reasons. He spent the whole last year to learn under Josh Allen. He had better weapons than Pitt. Do you agree? I do agree, but I, I, I think Mitch will be better than he's ever been. I think he'll be better because of the time in Buffalo. But I think Kenny Pickett is is outside of experience in the NFL. I think from a talent perspective, I mean, Mitch was number two overall pick, but just I think Kenny Pickett is on equal footing with Mitch Trubisky and it's really going to be open competition and who looks the best and who plays the best in camp. But with all that being said, those are the – those are the uh, Questions going into OTAs in the training camp the Steelers have to answer. I appreciate you guys for joining me. Again, check out all the different shows on the BTSC network, uh, the YouTube shows. This show on Sundays, typically at 5 o'clock, we run the North tomorrow. We're talking about uh, the hangover with Brian Anthony Davis, Shannon White, Tony Defio. Tuesday's the Sco Bro Show with Big Bro Sco and Dave Schofield. Wednesday, and always because the Wednesday show changes, so I forget the name of it. But Jeffrey Benedict and Shannon White check them out on Wednesday evening. On Thursday is the uh, the show with 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 Jeff Hartman, uh, Big Bro, not Big Bro Sco, Dave Schofield, Brian Anthony Davis. Again, the name of the Thursday show slips me. Friday, the six-pack with Tony Duffio. Saturday, the boys down under. And all the different uh, audio shows, Let's Ride, Jeff Hartman, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You got a lot of uh, different uh, breakdowns and stuff for different different audio shows. Check them out on, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and some of the other audio-only audio platforms. Uh, again, thanks for joining me. I'm about to get off here and jump over to my – Know it all podcast here, probably starting about the next 15, 20 minutes. We'd love it if any of you Steelers fans join us. Promise we'll promise we'll, we'll talk. We'll promise you we'll talk about some Steelers stuff too. And if you have any interest in the NBA playoffs or baseball or any of that kind of stuff, check us out. I'm Kevin Tate. I appreciate you guys for joining me. Until next week on the We Run the North podcast. Here we go, Steelers. Thanks for joining me. Peace.